Hello, and welcome to another ICE Tech Talks podcast. I'm James Crumley, the Knowledge Research Lead at the ICE. We are here at the ICE Coast Marine Structures and Breakwaters event, and I'm delighted that we have Sue Manson from the Environment Agency as our guest. We will be discussing how engineers can design for adaptation and resilience in response to more extreme and challenging weather. Welcome, Sue, and thank you for joining us. Many thanks for inviting me to join you today, James. So to start, I guess, what are you talking about at the conference and what are the core themes and ideas you want to convey to engineers? So my talk is going to be focused on a project called Humber 2100 Plus, which is a tidal adaptation strategy, which we're developing in partnership with 11 local authorities around the Humber area. Some of the challenges I will be focusing on are around working across a large spatial scale with a large number of partners all of whom have got differing priorities alongside dealing with the technical challenges and hurdles that we'll face along the way. Um, my talk is going to be focusing on some of the techniques that we've applied so far in developing our evidence base and looking at some of the challenges that we've encountered with the partnership along the way. And uh, I guess what, in terms of those partnerships, I guess what does a successful or hopefully started to be successful partnership look like and I guess why is it so important for such a long-term asset resilience project? It's a very good question. And all partnerships are different and all partnerships have their challenges. But I think what one of the most important elements of a successful partnership is that all partners have a voice and all partners take responsibility in, in that partnership. And that's much easier where partners have a vested interest in the outcome and a vested interest in what the partnership is developing. And that's quite challenging when you're looking at a tidal strategy over a long term, because some partnerships such as ours have actually got influences from political side as well. And politics is often focusing on the short and the medium term. And that can be really challenging when you're then looking at a long term strategy. So what we've invested time and resource in is actually developing that partnership and developing it into feeling like a collaboration and requiring those partners to actually contribute to what we're doing. And we're finding that that's beginning to pay dividends now, and partners are seeing the outcomes of their time and investment. So how does Humber 2100 compare to the work and plans being carried out as part of TE 2100? And what lessons are you guys sharing and learning of each other? So to set that in a bit of context, the Humber estuary first of developed a tidal strategy, um, which was approved by DEFRA in 2007 and published in 2008. And the Thames Estuary came after us in that respect. But they began to learn lessons from us, which resulted in them developing TE2100, which is actually an adaptive strategy. And we've almost gone full circle now because we've seen the benefits from the Thames and what they've been doing in terms of that adaptive approach that long-term understanding of when they might need to replace the Thames barrier and other things. And so that's the premise behind Humber 2100. We're now developing an adaptive strategy that will have different pathways so that we're not closing off options of what we might want to deliver in the future by what we're doing now, but we're not investing too early in terms of making that economic investment when actually we can delay that down the line. So we've learned some really big lessons from each other. Um, on a day-to-day -day basis, we do share technical 
um, experience with each other. We do have regular conversations and regular catch-ups because as you kind of point out, they're both two big tidal strategies and we want to make sure that we're maximising the learning from each other. So we do our best to try and achieve that. And I guess what, what impact are you seeing more extreme climate having on the asset condition, asset performance and, and degradation? Our focus is obviously on a tidal strategy. We're looking at climate change, predominantly sea level rise, but actually climate change is much wider than that in terms of the impacts on the asset base. And last summer's hot dry weather in particular had a really big impact on our embankments. We've got over 300 kilometres of earth embankments around the Humber and they were obviously subjected to extreme drying last summer and we were seeing cracks developing in the assets and then they're subjected to wetting in quite quick succession, which obviously then means we're not quite sure whether the impacts of that drying have been superficial or how um, they might be affecting the integrity of the defences. So we're needing to do work looking at that defence integrity uh, alongside looking at how do we adapt into the future. And I guess how, how can engineers create more adaptive designs and to future-proof coastal assets such as, such as these? That's a really good question because obviously um, when you're designing assets, you're looking at that short and medium term. But when we're thinking about climate change, sea level rise, that's going to continue for a very long time. Um, our strategy is looking at 100 years, but we know sea levels will continue to rise beyond that. And so it's thinking about how you can design in that short and medium term in a way that's going to be adaptive. Um, because you know you're going to need to come back, you know you're going to need to do more. And actually, if we can build or adapt with whatever's been built in the near term, that's not only going to help us limit our future carbon emissions, but it's also going to help us manage costs because we're finding at the moment that actually some assets that we're going in to try and improve now actually we, we can't build on the existing asset we, we need to mm. remove them first and that's obviously adding to the costs of those projects uh, and working in coastal environments is expensive to start with so we don't want to be um, creating more um, adverse decisions from what we're doing now we want those investments to to deliver into the long term so we want adaptation built in from the outset now and do you think engineers and, and you have the solutions needed to create these more resilient, adaptive structures? I don't think we have all the answers now. We know technology changes quickly. We know things will improve. Um, I don't think many of us could have imagined some of the technological advances of, that have happened in the last 10, 15 years. And so we need to be mindful that there will be future things that we can deliver that we don't know about yet. And so that's kind of the principles behind thinking about adaptive design, adaptive solutions, adaptive ways forward to how we manage that risk, because there will be new technologies that come into play in the future. Are there any, I guess, solutions you've already started to, I guess, embed into or, or would like to embed into your existing assets, I guess, to avoid those challenges of you know, past designs, not, not, yeah. not meeting, not adapting to... So we, we've already built in where we can in, in all our recent schemes that have been delivered on, on the Humber Estuary foundations that we know um, will withstand future adaptation. We don't know what that future design might be, um, but we've made sure that we're building in 
engineering um, caution, I suppose, because we know we're going to have to go higher in certain industrial areas and densely populated areas. So those schemes that have been delivered ha have got foundations that are capable of being um, increased in the future. And that's one way we've tried to safeguard that, that future adaptation in those communities. And if you had the power, I guess, what, what one change would you like to implement uh, to get coastal assets more resilient and to give them the, I guess, that structure going forward? I guess one thing it would be great if we could invest um, more re research and development in is around coastal assets being able to self-heal in the future. So um, I guess we talk about nature-based solutions, but actually it would be great if we could use natural things such as fungi or other things that are actually able to kind of fill in the gaps in some of the defences where we've got um, cracking, where we've got slippage. If actually we had self-healing defences, mm. it would make our lives so much easier in the future because we'd just be thinking about how do we adapt and become resilient to sea level rise as opposed to having to address our ageing asset stock at the same time. No, a great, a great point to finish with. Well, that's uh, all we have time for today. Uh, thank you to Sue for, for joining us and sharing your thoughts and insight. You can learn more about this topic and find more podcasts, videos and other resources on the IC Knowledge Hub. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>